Welcome to the Rugged Possible Podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we have conversations about some of the biggest topics and challenges facing Christianity today. My desire is that you use these conversations to spark one of your own with somebody else, creating an atmosphere of openness and change that can all start through a conversation. For more information on the Rugged Gospel, visit us on our website at ruggedgospel.com and follow us on our social media at the Rugged Gospel. And with that, here's this week's episode. Alright, welcome to another episode of The Rugged Gospel. Today I am very excited to have this guest with me. Um, I've been following his his journey uh, through his Instagram and um, it's my daily dose of the word in the morning. Um, and I'm very excited to to have him here and, and just um, learning from him as well, you know, as I do daily, like I mentioned, but uh, through this conversation as well. Um, it's also, you know, the first time that we have a, a like kind of like a Q&A on the podcast. Um, so Pastor Victor Jackson, thank you for making the time to be with us today. What a privilege. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And um, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll just get right into it. Um, f- first of all, um, I want to ask about how you and your family are, are doing after um, the hurricane that, you know, passed through Florida. Um, I know, you know, a lot of places got hit pretty hard. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're in Orlando. So how was it for you? And is there any way that we can can help? Um, you know, uh, thank you so much for asking. The hurricane came through and uh, Orlando was one of the best places to be during a hurricane. Uh, but like never before, there was a lot of flooding. So there was a lot of flooded uh, apartment complexes, uh, a lot of vehicles destroyed, um, um, you know, damage on homes. And so uh we just tried to be a light during that time we were able to you know last saturday hand out a bunch of hurricane supplies and waters to the community uh got to help hundreds of families and then we went to the university university of central florida handed out some uh supplies as well and gave to their pantry and we've just been being a light as far as our church is concerned there was a little water that came in uh under the doors um, but thankfully, it didn't go far. I mean, maybe a foot into our church. And so that wasn't anything. So thankfully, we're doing well. And we just appreciate your prayers and um, just pray for us to continue to be a light in, in Orlando. And we believe that's happening. But just pray that it increases so we can reach as many people as we can. Amen. Yeah. And um, as far as um, helping in any way, is there any way we can help uh, your church or maybe, uh, you know, through a donation or anything that uh, maybe you can give more waters out or anything like that? Um, uh, people that uh, have been uh, asking to give, we just point them to uh, the website, uh, www dot biblecenterorlando.com and uh that's been the best way uh to do that there's a few more families that uh we're going actually to their homes to drop off supplies to this week and so we're just uh, trying our best to be a light in a dark time all right sounds good pastor um for anybody that's listening uh, if you're able to you know go, go ahead and go to that website and and help out in any way that you can um but Pastor, um, to, to get the conversation started, um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to to the people that are listening? Um, if they don't know you, just tell them a little bit about yourself and, you, you know, your your um, walk with God and 
so they can get to know you better. I, I am Pastor Victor Jackson. Uh, I pastor in Orlando, Florida, uh, a church that we started called Bible Center of Orlando. Uh, we started it this past January. In two months, we'll be pastoring there a year. And um, uh, a lot of people know me as an international uh, speaker. Uh, I was on 220 flights a year for a decade, uh, preaching to hundreds of thousands of people a year. Uh, that's where a lot of people know me from, because uh, me, my wife, and my son, uh, we traveled together for for uh, about a decade. Uh, my son is six years old. He's been on like over 600 flights, and so uh, we do everything as a family. We're planting this church as a family, and uh, just strive to live a life of sacrifice and uh, help as many people as we can. Amen. Yeah, and um. Now, as far as, you know, you becoming a pastor and, and you know, your ministry and all of that, did, did, you, ever, did you always see yourself as, as pastoring a church, as becoming a pastor? No, you know, no, I didn't. Um, I felt that I was going to be traveling full time, uh, evangelizing for the rest of my life. Uh, my wife and I and my son, we have the capacity uh, to do that. Um, and so we were planning on traveling. Anybody asked us, hey, you ever plan on pastor? I'm like, no, no, no. And um, we were committed 110% uh, to traveling. Um, but, you know, when our, our burden, before I ever evangelized, you know, I would teach Bible studies and help people. So I taught over a hundred Bible studies before I preached my first message. And so my, my calling was to reach people, you know, more than a particular office on how to reach people. So the best way for me to reach people at the time was evangelizing, uh, you know, but, but when 2020 happened and, uh, you know, the type of division that was in our world and, uh, the suffering that was happening during the pandemic. And we're probably going to talk about it, but when I went to Minneapolis and, you know, was able to impact people from every nation, kindred and tongue that gathered in those streets in Minneapolis. And when God told me, hey, you have to do more, you're not doing enough. I was like, God, man, I'm on 220 flights a year. Like, what do you mean I'm not doing enough? And I said on that word, uh, he spoke to me to started church in Orlando. We had other opportunities. There were other churches that were wanting us to become the pastor, you know, have 145 acres, you know, churches of hundreds of people. Uh, but we always are moved by what God wants, uh, not what man wants. We, we want to submit to the will of God. And so the transition has been very natural and very easy because even as I travel, my heartbeat has been loving people. And I would surprise people that I remember them, that I could pick up a conversation from three years ago. And that was everywhere I went. I never preached. It was There were never just an engagement or just a city. I, I was always 110% invested in everywhere I went and always gave 110% of myself. And I guess that was an uncommon thing, but that was common to us. That was our normal. And so with that burden for people, 
when we started pastoring in Orlando, we were just being ourselves. You know, we're teaching Bible studies. Uh, we're helping people. This has always been what the foundation of is who we are. It was never about a conference or a meeting. It was always about how can we help people. And so it's been very natural. Uh, the, the 14 years of ministry, you know, that I've had has come in uh, handy uh, in pastoring. And uh, it's just been a great journey. So fulfilled. fulfilled. Uh, I think Orlando is the greatest city in the world. I love, I love my city. This is our most traveled to city um, in our ministry, you know, because we always flew from Orlando. We had uh, friendships with the flight attendants and the gate agents here in Orlando. And so it was just a great fit. I, when I received the basketball scholarship before I got saved, they, they gave me the basketball scholarship when I was playing at a national tournament at Disney World in Orlando. And so it's so amazing how my journey to Christ uh, started in Orlando and how God brings it back full circle, you know, 14 years later, and he brings me back to the place that it started. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I feel like God always, you know, just in the place that we're supposed to be. Sometimes it's not, you know, the, the things we want or the things that we think are going to be there for us. But, you know, God always does what he uh, what he's best and and what mm -hmm. his plan is, you know, above our plans. But um, right. kind of talking about what you were mentioning about, you know, 2020 in Minneapolis, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I remember watching your video, uh, one of the videos that you'd posted when you were there. And, and uh, that was one of the first times that I was introduced to you. I had seen a previous video of you before, but once I saw that, and I guess it, it kind of like drew me to see more of your ministry and, and more of what you were doing, just because I feel like you went to kind of like the thick of it, right? It, everything was happening. Everything was going down, you know, in the summer of 2020 with, with that whole uh, George Floyd and everything that was happening there. And you were right in the middle of it. I saw that video of you making that prayer in the middle of that street. And, and I was just shocked uh, of it. And uh, I guess my question to you was like, with all of that happening, like how were people reacting to you and, and how were people reacting to you praying for them and all that? Yeah, you know, it was an incredible thing uh, with everything that was going on in our world. You know, my heartbeat is unconditional love. And that is for all. That is for everyone. That is the uh, fundamental doctrine of Christianity. You know, Jesus uh, forgiving us and uh, loving us. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that Christ, you know, that as Christ laid down his life for us, even so we should lay down our lives for each other. Uh, and that's 1 John 3.16. Everyone knows John 3.16. Uh, but 1 John 3.16 says exactly what Christ did. He expects us to do. So that has always been my heartbeat, unconditional love. And to see the divisiveness and the rhetoric uh, and how people were treating one another. It was, uh, it was ungodly. It was heartbreaking. And it was amazing the division. Uh, that existed in the world and even in the church. And God had me on like a period of silence, you know, not to say anything, just pray and just, you know, things like that. And I was on this silence for like six months. You know, I was on the silence before the pandemic hit. 
before the world shut down in March. I was on this island since December 2019. I didn't know how long I would be on it. Spoke to me. Um, when all this was happening, he finally uh, spoke to me and said, hey, you're released off this silence. You can, you can do something. You can say something now. And I didn't know what to do. And so, you know, I, I went on Instagram, gave a video. God's like, that's not it. I went on uh, to record a message. God said, delete it. That's not it. So I was just in my bed for like six hours, just weeping and crying, literally depressed because I'm trying to make a difference and I didn't know what to do. And God spoke to me. He said, Victor, just go there. Go there and preach my name. And so the earliest flight out was from Atlanta. I drove six hours to Atlanta uh, at midnight. I got there at about 6.30 in the morning, got on the first flight out to Minneapolis and got a rental car, um, drove downtown, um, uh, 23 minutes from the airport where it all happened. And I was amazed at the openness of the people. I just immediately, I got out of the car and said, can I pray for you? I started praying for doctors and, and, and lawyers and, uh, you know, uh, different denominations were there. I gathered with them and prayed with them and it was, uh, just chaos. You know, I thought that, uh, there wouldn't be as many people out there during the day, but there were thousands of people in the streets, and it was just from every nationality there. There were there were millions of flowers on the ground, and um, and I'm seeing all this happening. I prayed for about a hundred people, and then I went to the place where it happened, and I said, "Let's all gather for prayer." And I just yelled that, "Can I have your attention?" Can I t tell you, I said, let's gather together for prayer. Hundreds of people gathered around me. I said, clap your hands if you believe there's hope. Everyone starts clapping. I said, I said, let's pray for this city. Let, let's lift up our hands. Everyone lifted up their hands. And I prayed and the power of God hit that place. People were weeping and crying. I got to talk to a Muslim gentleman afterwards. Um, I was the first preacher in the world to preach during those riots that was that was the place where the first day where they were going to have the mandatory curfew where the national guard came in i went i was there for that day you know i had to be out before eight o'clock because they were shutting down everything at eight o'clock and the openness and the receptiveness was just overwhelming i didn't receive an ounce of resistance everyone was thankful and you know, when I left, the, you know, that video was seen by millions of people. You know, people were contacting me all across the country, you know, saying, please pray for my husband. He's a police officer. He's, he's on the front lines. He has PTSD. You know, I, I had police officers calling me. I, had, I was reach, reaching out to protesters. I mean, there was a unity and a love, and people were thankful that I shared Christ in the middle uh, of the division as I just preached the gospel. The next day, uh, a large news station went there and they went to the spot that I prayed in Minneapolis and they said, look at this. This is the first sign of peace in this city in 17 days. They said, there was no riots here last night. They said, look at it. It's only peace here. 
there wasn't a single riot that happened wow. uh, in that in that spot. Uh, the 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 riots like moved to St. Paul. That day, they brought a baptistry in in the streets where I prayed, wow. and they started baptizing people in Jesus' name right there in the streets. And the protesters were clapping and yelling, yes, in the name of Jesus. And it was radical. They started having church there every day for like three months, for like two months, two and a half months. They were having church there. They brought they brought out uh, gospel artists. They, the whole atmosphere completely changed uh, after I went there. And people started picking this up across the country. They they were doing they were going to city hall in Cali. They were going to city halls in Ohio. They were going into the streets to be a light, and so it really sparked a, a ripple effect, and it, it was an impactful moment. Wow, I mean it's it's one thing seeing it, and and then it's another thing you explaining what happened. Um, and just while you were speaking about this, you know, I'm like over here with chills all over the place, because it's it's just. It's so crazy to me, you know, that during this time and during this time of, you know, helplessness and, and this time of, you know, craziness, I can say, because it, there was so much going on, right? If you turn on the news, that's all it was. And it was just, you know, streets shut down and thousands of people outside and and, and just, you know, so, so many bad things. But to hear, you know, that that people were so respondent to it right and, and and so happy that you were there to to speak and and to pray over them and to pray over that um, city and, and just in general all the things that you're saying that happened afterwards you know how how there was peace there right A after and 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 how they started congregating and then you saying like they were baptizing people in jesus name there uh it's amazing to hear because you know i, I feel like if we focus more on uniting each with each other and, and and if we focus more on that i feel like it's going to bring a lot more and god is going to move in such a bigger way you know yeah um, one thing that you mentioned you know was that you were you know there with other denominations as well praying with them you know so so i feel like if we come back and and, and really unite we can do so much more yeah uh, but but thank you for sharing pastor um now, um, these next questions from here on out, um, it's going to be, we're going to be jumping a little bit. Um, uh, we are going to go into a couple of your posts um, that you've made um, that people had asked about. And then a couple questions that I took from, from people and that, you know, they wanted me to ask you a couple of things. So we'll go from there. Um, the first one I had for you, um, you did uh, post um, some time ago and you said uh, this specific thing you said once your mind is made up um, everything becomes can you tell us a little bit more about this go a little bit deeper into it and um, how can people know that there is confirmation from God or that it's just yeah. them yeah well once the mind is made up everything becomes a confirmation and that could be positive or negative um uh, it's like the old adage says, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't, they're both right. And so there, there is a, a mentality uh, that when you are have 
presuppositions or pre-understandings or, or biases that you have, um, you look at everything through that lens. And so if, if you have been traumatized by close relationships as a child, uh, by your parents, uh, by your brothers and sisters, um, and you are traumatized by those that are supposed to love you, uh, what happens is you start, your mind gets uh, turned to start uh, believing that you can't really develop relationships because everyone is out to hurt you. That when someone says, I love you, your mind receives it as confirmation that this person is looking for a way to hurt me. And, and, what happens is those minds, those, those thoughts have to be subject to the word of God. It has to be subject to the spirit. For the Bible says that you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where, where we get so engrossed and saturated with God's spirit that it, 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 we have the mind of Christ. We don't have the mind of trauma. And, and if you have the mind of Christ, then you will see everything that happens in your life as a confirmation that God is with you and that with Jesus anything is possible. But if you have the, your mind on your trauma, or on your past, your history, your mistakes, everything is a confirmation that you're a failure. Everything's a confirmation that you can never overcome it. And so it is. It was just a uh, a truth that could be positive or negative. If you know that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, it's a, it's a positive. If you have a uh, uh, belief in the Word of God, it's about being subject to His Word and letting His Word dictate our thoughts. Uh, and having the mind that Jesus had, it'll lead us into. You know, confirmations from God, not confirmations from our rough history or trauma or repercussions that we've encountered as children. Yeah, so important and that we really like, I feel like I've, I was reading something earlier too and and it was talking a little bit about that and just really seeing like sometimes, you know, we let our mind take over, right? And, 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 and we really don't let God and his scripture take completely over, you know, our full steps really because i feel like sometimes you know we can make decisions and and you know think that something is confirmed just because we want it so much right and and um we we don't go back to see like what what does god want right and 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 what does his words say right so when we focus on on just seeking him and, and seeking his word i feel like you know he he responds in a certain way and he responds with what his um, purpose is at the end of the day, but um, uh, something else that someone had brought up for you to speak a little bit more on uh, was power. Um, you you mentioned power does not corrupt people; power reveals people. You said right, and um, I thought this was a, a really good one. Um, but dive into this a little bit more. Um, how can someone stay humbled and grounded? when given a platform or a place of power within an organization. Right. Uh, yeah, people, there's a lot of people that say power corrupts people, but it doesn't. It, it reveals people. Uh, 
uh, and those what I talked about is those rough edges that you have in the valley when you're promoted if you don't allow God to deal with it those rough edges become cliffs they become cliffs to fall off of and that could uh, harm you and so the, there has to be a pursuit of character, meaning from the valley of where you are, a pursuit of character. And people think that power is only abused once you're on the mountain. But really, power is abused in the valley. Uh, I think about some people have uh, uh, worked a job at a Burger King or a McDonald's. And people don't think that you can abuse power in those settings, but you can. Imagine you being the cook in the back and uh, someone that you don't like comes in the, into your restaurant. And so what you say is, you know what? I'm going to mess up their burger and then I'm going to give it to them. You see what you did? You just abused your small amount of power. And so you put that person on a public platform or at a higher level they're, that same misuse of power that was there at the bottom is going to be there at the top, but it's going to be greater and it's going to have more damage. And so it's about allowing God to mold us where we are and letting him fix these little things in us early so we can handle the elevation. And you can be humble. See, you can be humble with power, with a great amount of power. People have made success and pride synonymous, but it's, it's, it, they're not synonymous. And, and people think humility is a destination. Humility is not a destination. Humility is an attitude, meaning you can have a billion dollars and still be humble. You see, people think that, someone said it this way, the person that, that parks their car at the front of the church because they have a Range Rover. And the person that parks their car in the back of the church because they have a 1930, you know, uh, Oldsmobile that's beat up, one parks it in the front in pride and one parks it in the back with pride. You see, it's not a destination, it's an attitude. And so we have to develop attitudes of humility no matter where we are in our lives, and and uh, it, it's a powerful it's a powerful concept because people make humility a destination. Uh, but Jesus said, you know, the word said, "Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you." You see, humility is supposed to lead you to exaltation. But what happens when God's trying to exalt you, but you say, no, I'm trying to stay humble. I'm trying to stay humble. I'm trying to stay humble. Mm -hmm. Where your humility becomes pride because you're disobedient to his word. Wow. And so, and so it's about allowing God's character uh, to get on the inside of us at our lowest points. And that will give us the maturity to handle whatever power comes to us. Because uh, it's going to reveal us. You know, when 2020 happened, a lot of people were revealed. Uh, they didn't go crazy. They didn't, they didn't, you know, just this didn't come out of nowhere. Whatever was in their hearts was exposed. All right. And so your foundation is seen in crisis. 
you know, in my foundation, I started my journey with unconditional love. I have not uh, stepped away from that. That is a conviction. That is my heart. That is who I am. And that was revealed in 2020, you know? And so, but imagine if I have little things in me uh, that are contrary to God's word in that moment, that would have been revealed and would have hurt a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And now, um, moving on a little bit into some some questions um, that people had put up on on our Instagram um, to ask you. Uh, moving on to some of those, um, what tips and steps um, would you give to somebody to follow um, when they have, you know, that feeling or that call to ministry? What would you tell them? Um, they have to make um, being in the presence of God priority priority over ministry priority over opportunity over platforms because his word says in john 15 abide in the vine and you shall bow forth fruit i am the vine and you are the branches if you abide in me you'll bear forth fruit if you don't abide in me you're good for nothing cast into the fire so if we want to bear fruit which is what ministry is um to bear fruit. If we're going to bear fruit, it's going to be determined on our proximity to the vine. We have to prioritize being in his presence because it's in his presence. He said, you would bear forth fruit, much fruit, more fruit. And last of all, remaining fruit. And it's in that his presence that you find your identity. Peter confessed who Jesus was after spending time in the presence. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And once he made that confession, you are the Christ, Jesus looked at him and said, and you are Peter. You're not Simon anymore. From my presence, you have discovered your identity. Not only did you discover your identity, but also I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You see, in his presence, he got identity and he got mission. He got identity and he got ministry. And anytime you take his presence outside of those two things, you're, you're leading toward a down spiral, toward a downfall. And so no matter what, you will always have a freshness upon you as long as you prioritize your relationship with God. Prayer and fasting is still relevant. Reading the word of God is still powerful. And when you prioritize those three things, there will always be a freshness because following him becomes the pursuit more than ministry being this being this pursuit and god will open up doors god will open up doors i never had a business card i've never given out a business card i, I never uh, called anybody to preach god opened the doors um, because there's a trust in his presence that supersedes everything and when you just prioritize his presence, you can't you can't be bought. You won't compromise. You know, you won't you won't throw in the towel, you won't quit because your life isn't measured by your results, but it's measured by your relationship with God. Hmm. And there's one thing that I always say whenever God told Abraham in Genesis fifteen, he said, Abraham, he said, Fear not, for I am your shield. And I am your exceeding great reward. God told Abraham, listen, I am your reward. Isaac is not your reward. 
Now that's powerful. He said, listen, Isaac's your promise. I'm your reward. Hmm. And I am greater than Isaac. I am greater than your promise. I am greater than miracles. I'm greater than ministry. I'm greater than revival. He said, Abraham, the greatest reward you can get is to discover me. And I only gave you a promise as an incentive for you to follow me on a journey and discover your reward, which is me. That's okay. and, and this is what he told the Levites. He told the Levites, he said, listen, Levites, when you go into the promised land, you're not getting any inheritance. He said, all your brothers are going to get inheritance. But you ministers, he said, you're not getting an inheritance. Look what he says, because I, the Lord, am your inheritance. And I am so great, you don't even need any material possessions. As long as that is the reward for ministry, the reward for ministry is you get God. And as long as that's what that's about, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Pastor. Um, another question as far as ministry goes. Um, somebody asked, how do you balance full-time ministry, pastorship, planting a church, and family? Um, great, great question. Uh, and, and it goes back to, you know, the presence of God. I remember I was going to preach uh, uh, a message to a lot, a lot of people. And I, I did like an extended fast. And at the end of this fast, it was about a week before the meeting, uh, God spoke to me. He said, now listen, I don't want you to fast. I don't want you to pray about this meeting anymore. I don't want you to study anymore. He said, all I want you to do is spend time with your family. And see, in my obedience to his presence, that's what I did. You see, when you follow God, God will always keep you balanced. And, and those are, and that, that this is trusting. So, uh, you know, I took my, my son uh, to uh, a fun place, you know, yesterday. We rode some rides together. And so in following Jesus, he will make you balanced. He will make you draw back. And, and there was a time where for months he said, I need you to put everything into all, every ounce of energy, everything into into planning this church and as we did that and and we worked and it was grueling and it was hours it was eight to 16 hour days and then he would stop and say now now now, now i need you to rest i need you to take your family uh, somewhere fun i need y'all to to go to a resort i need y'all to relax i need you and following him god will keep you balanced and so one thing about us when we travel um, we tra always traveled as a family, and every quarter we would do a family vacation and um, for at least a week. Um, and at the end of the year, in November, we would have an anniversary. Me and my wife would have an anniversary vacation. Uh, so my wife and my son always feel prioritized because we do everything together, and they know that we're not going to uh, push it beyond our capabilities, uh, that we're going to make sure we do some things as a family and that's in our weekly weekly schedule and so following jesus will keep you balanced amen it, the disciples the disciples they called they were following jesus um they were following jesus and jesus said come apart into the desert and rest a while 
You see, when you follow Jesus, he'll, he'll, he'll lead you beside still waters. You know, he'll, he'll lead you into spots of recovery. He, he, he'll lead you, you know, a, a lot of the disciples' time with Jesus was, was sitting down at the table and eating with him. Everything wasn't a miracle. Everything wasn't warfare. Everything wasn't a contention or battling spirits. There were times that you just got to rest and lean uh, on the chest of Jesus and ask questions. And so when you're following God, God will lead you into those uh, different dynamics. Amen. Now, and, and something um, else that somebody asked, it's completely, uh, it doesn't have to do with ministry, but um, he, he asked, how did you know that your girlfriend, now wife, uh, was the one? Oh, man, you know, that's a great question. You know, um, basically, I, I preached at her church um, back in, you know, February 16, 2011, and I got to meet her one time. And I didn't know her name, but a year and a half later, just spending time in prayer, talking to the Lord, I said, God, I don't have all day. I don't have all year or years to wait on finding the right one. I need you to show me who the right one is. And literally her face came to my mind. I hadn't seen her in a year and a half. I didn't know her name. So I was like, what is her name? And so I went on Facebook. And I went go find her name on Facebook. And uh, my friend who went to the church, I went through all his friends lists, found her face, sent her a friend request, and the rest is history. Uh, but, but with that, and so we, we started courting. Our first text message was May 31st, 2012. We started courting June 12, 2012. I proposed August 24, 2012. We were married. November 17, 2012. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, so me and me and me and God have, have, have a relationship that has been cultivated, you know, through prayer, through fasting, through the word of God, where I can hear his voice, where I can hear direction and I, and God will trust you with things. So I would just make it a point in spending time with God. And, uh, if you don't hear anything from him, he has spoken through his word. See if the person that you are interested in, if they line up with the word of God and, and don't ignore uh, the red flags or anything like that. Uh, um, don't, don't ever date someone according to their potential. Date them according to what they are. Hmm. That's good. Um, one of the last questions here uh, that I'm going to be asking is, um, Somebody asked, how can I keep my flesh in check? Um, how can I go against those fleshly desires? Um, you know, Romans 8 says, if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Um, you have to, the Bible says, be filled with the spirit, to walk in the spirit. That if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so you have to be in the presence of God and walk, walk with him on the day-to-day -day basis. And your desire for him and his presence and his ways will, will be greater than your desire to fulfill your flesh.
Your, your desire to walk in His ways will be more fulfilling than the temporary pleasure that you get in the flesh. Prioritizing those habits, also being around the right surroundings. Uh, be around people that want to be on that journey as well. It is tough to, to live for God effectively when you're surrounded by a bunch of people uh, that don't want to live for God. And they're always uh, doing all of these secular things and it tempts you and it drags you down. Uh, get around a group of people uh, that, that uh, provoke you uh, to want to live for God um, and walk in the Spirit, you know, walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the more you walk in, into that, you know, the better it becomes. Uh, but Paul said in Romans 7, he talks, I don't want you to feel guilty or feel, I don't want you to feel condemned or uh, with that battle. You know, Romans 7, Paul says it himself. He says, man, what I want to do, I can't do. That what I don't want to do, that I do. And he said, I see this war within me. He said, he said, who will deliver me from the body of death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ that, that, he, that I'm able to have victory through him, that I can serve the law of God with my mind. And he said, there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ. And so that is a battle. But in Romans 8, read Romans 8, he shows you the path to overcoming uh, that battle. Because the Bible says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so um, walk in the Spirit. Be around people that want to uh, walk in the Spirit. Prioritize godly habits. Set boundaries around those things that, uh, that uh, tempt you. And uh, th those are things that I would, I would recommend uh, uh, to, to, to set forth as goals. Amen, yes. Um, now, the last question I have for you today, Pastor. Um, so somebody said, I haven't been good and I fell many times. Can I still come back to God? Yes. Yes, you, you can come back and, and you have to come back. I'm so thankful that the Bible is real and it deals with real people. And you cannot find a person in that Bible other than Jesus that was perfect. From Peter preaching in Acts 2, uh, just less than 50 days after denying Jesus, um, denying him three times. That's a mistake, right? Um, we can go to David uh, writing Psalms uh, after his mistake. You know, we can go to Abraham uh, making mistakes uh, with Hagar. And yet God's still fulfilling his word, although he made a mistake before he received the promise. And I preached a message years ago called Overlooked Faith. And I talked about how, how when Abraham died in Genesis 25, that Isaac and Ishmael both buried him. And that's a powerful concept to me because Isaac represents the promise. Ishmael represents the mistake. And at the end of his life, they both came to bury him. And I said, no, no great man of God just has an Isaac in their life. Every great man of God has an Ishmael. Mm. But what made them great is that they did not allow Ishmael, the mistake, to hinder them from pursuing the promise. But instead, they wrestled with Ishmael 
and they wrestled with Isaac. They wrestled with the flesh and wrestled with the spirit. They wrestled uh, with the mistake and they wrestled with the promise. They wrestled with their humanity and they wrestled with God's divinity. And out of that wrestling match, a great man of God was born in Abraham. That's powerful to me. That, that the mistake the mistake did not disqualify him from the promise. And God is so powerful because when God speaks to Abraham after Ishmael is born and Isaac is born and God speaks to Abraham to take Isaac to uh, sacrifice him, God speaks to Isaac and says, take your son, your only son Isaac to offer him. You know what God was saying? I don't even remember your mistake. Mm. And I define you by the promise. I do not define you by your weakest moment. And so the person that asked that question, I'm telling you there's life after your mistake. I'm telling you get up and follow the promise because that takes overlooked faith. To have the audacity to still go after God and in ministry and go after the promise, even though you have a trill of mess ups and mistakes and hang ups behind you, yet you still have the audacity to lift up your hand, believing for Isaac while still carrying the baby Ishmael. You're still carrying your mistake, lifting up your hands, believing for Isaac. That takes overlooked faith. So my advice is get up, go after it. God's going to mold you in this process. He's going to give you the character in this process. And your best days are ahead of you and not behind you. Amen. That's all good, Pastor. I, what a way to, to end a podcast. Um, I fully agree. And, you know, anybody that's listening, if you feel like you can't come back and you feel like you're too far, you're not. God is there and come back to him. Right. And um, that's all I can really add. You said it perfectly, Pastor. And, and I'll say oh, that is the gift of repentance. We just have to say is God, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I turn away from that. And I turn to you. It is a change of mind. That is a gift that God has given his people. At any day, you can change your mind. If you've never prayed before, you can decide today, I'm praying. And you know what? You just became a prayer warrior. You, you see, that is the power of a decision. One decision can change your life. And that God gives us the gift of a decision. And, and that is a powerful thing. Yeah, it is a powerful thing. And just as you mentioned it, I feel like, you know, after sin, there comes shame, right? And, and and there comes, you know, you almost get stuck in there, right? And and like you said, it's it's also, you know, going to God first and, and asking for forgiveness and, and gaining that, right? And, and, and really saying something to somebody, uh, uh, confessing that, like the Bible says. But also it takes a decision of moving forward. Uh, a decision to keep going and to seek God more uh, and to leave that that happen behind you. And, and I feel like that's a decision and it's so important that people do that. Um, but Pastor, thank you so much for, for making the time to be with us today. Um, I, I know we went a little longer than we thought, but thank you for answering all these questions for people and, and just really uh, digging a little bit more into some of your posts. Um, again, you know, definitely somebody that really looks up to you and, and, and I know God is going to keep blessing your ministry and, and everything you do and just keep going and, and, and keep going forward. You know, there's, you're doing a lot for, for people, not only for God, but for people. And even though you might not know a lot of us, we're here, we're listening and we're learning from you. So, so thank you for your ministry, Pastor. Thank, thank you so much. I, what a privilege it is. 
it has been to uh, be on this podcast and uh, look forward to uh, what God's going to be doing. Amen. And for everybody that's listening, thank you for, for listening. Um, um, just be on the lookout for the following couple episodes coming out. Um, and again, God bless you always. Thank you for listening to The Rugged Gospel. I want to thank you all so much for all the stars and reviews and all your support this far. If you haven't, please leave us a review and a rating which helps the podcast grow and be more visible to people. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all announcements and please comment. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, we're so excited to announce that we are now on YouTube. Please go and subscribe to the channel. The link will be listed below. Thank you all again and we'll see you on another episode of The Broken Gospel.